you better clutch your nuts, honey, because it's time for Squirrel Talk. Ding, ding, dong, ding, ding, dong, ding, bang, bong, UK Hun. Hey, squirrels! That was my fresh new hit, UK Hun, brought to you by the Squirrel Talk podcast found on the Sonar Network. Well, it's a plagiarized version, I guess you could say. I am your host, Vicky Licks. We are here to talk about RuPaul's Drag Race UK, hon, with my co-host. She's staying inside today, staying safe, staying warm. It's Selena Vile. UK, hon. What's up, y'all? UK, hon. I have a headache because the song is stuck in my head. <laughs> it's a kitschy. You know what? The UK version is always catchier than the American. Oh, I like the UK songs because they play they play into the Europop vibes, right? Like yeah, the Eurovision, yeah. right? Yeah, I love it. They're not trying to make it into like an actual pop thing. They're like they're, they have like a tongue and cheekness to it. They do, and they have like a a certain like '90s popness to it as well. Oh, it's 100 '90s bubblegum, YTV yeah. pop. Yeah, Eurovision pop. <laughs> Did you say YTV pop? Yeah, YTV. I always think of YTV when I think of the '90s. Do you? Yeah. All right. But that's just me in the zone. <laughs> uh, but we're going to get into that. How are you doing, Selena, today? I am okay. <laughs> UK, huh? <laughs> I'm fine. I woke up with the shits, so we'll see what happens. You and my dog, you and Una both had the shits today. She woke me up real early. Elevators are broken. Having to take the stairs with a great day and to poop. You know what? It's my own fault because last night before bed, I tweeted, think of the classiest person you know, and now picture them taking a poo. And I guess I did this to myself because I may be the classiest person a lot of people know. Or that you know. Well, I'm quite classy. Yes, it's true. Right now, you're pretty assy, I gotta tell you. Well, I was thinking of Una. Selena, talk into your mic. Stop moving around. Sit down. We can't hear you. I am sitting down. I said I was thinking of Una. You know what I think it is? I think my mic is coming from my phone and not my earphone. Yeah, I can hear you fine now. Just don't turn your head. I just have to hold my phone to my face. Ugh, this is also annoying. Yeah, well, I'm holding my face up to my computer every time we do this. <laughs> just like eyes into the screen. I literally, no, I literally got my chin on my my desktop. So there we go. <laughs> Cute. Okay, hon. No, I'm not okay. I'm going through pandemic blues. It's February. Valentine's Day is tomorrow. Today. It's Valentine's today. It's tomorrow. It was yesterday. Yeah, if you're listening to this, uh, <laughs> for us, it's tomorrow. If you're listening to this, it's yesterday. <laughs> jam, yesterday, jam, tomorrow, but never jam today. <laughs> how, we, how we live our lives. And how. What, are your, what did you do for Valentine's Day? What did I do? I, uh, well, after, you know, the whole poop incident with Una happened. Um, mm-hmm. we, we Classy gal she is. We watched uh, a bunch of seasons of Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Can't you love this. Binging it. Yeah, good. Have you ever uh, experienced Dr. Quinn? I haven't, and it's because it was a Saturday night TV show, and no one watches TV on Saturday nights. The only Saturday night show I watched was Saturday Night Live or The Golden Girls. It wasn't um, like Saturday Night Live times, though. It was like an eight. It was like an eight p.m. 
I know. And that's why it was never something to watch. Because, like, who watches TV at 8 p.m. on a Saturday? I did. Eight-year-old. I know. did. Yeah. Yeah, we grew up in different areas. I guess you were getting into your early 20s at that point. So that's probably why. I was a teenager. Thank you very much. <laughs> you had people to fuck. What years was she on? She uh, started in 1993. Yeah. I watched, I was, oh my God. I'm just rewatching it now. I'm just reminded of like how great a television show it was. They deal with racism, colonialism, misogyny. Oh my God. Everything. It was ahead of its a time. Pandemic. They were dealing with a pandemic, smallpox. She's trying to mm-hmm. convince the town to get smallpox vaccinations. What era is it? 1867. It's wow, a- that's even before the Spanish influenza. Yeah, it's right after uh, Lincoln uh, freed the slaves. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of commentary on all that stuff, which is really actually relevant now. Isn't that just insane? <laughs> yeah. Cool watch this and be like, this is set in like old timey Western land. I'm like, it's still relevant? What? I mean, history just keeps repeating itself and we never fucking learn. We don't learn the fucking history. It's crazy. Yeah. Or we just forget. You know what also? Every single year people are always like, oh my God, I can't believe... Uh, 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 it's dark at this time. I can't believe it's dark at 4 p.m. It's like, it happens yeah. every year. Every year there is a snowstorm in April and every year in April, people freak out that it's snowing and think it's every, weird. That's the one. Every year in April, there's a snowstorm and people are like, I can't believe this is happening. We're like, it happens every single year. Uh-huh. I can't believe it. So that, I mean, that's just, if, if people don't remember a fucking snowstorm, how are they going to remember Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman? How are you going to remember Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman? <laughs> well, it's, you know, the problem is people pay attention to groundhogs and not science. That, you know what? If I see my shadow, and I do every day. Well, um, listen, I've, I've heard you've been groundhogging in that toilet, so I'm sure you've been <laughs> <laughs> I'm groundhogging it. Do you know what that's from? Is that from? Oh, oh it's a, they're, they're in a car. Rat Race. Is it Rat Race? Yeah, my favorite movie. I didn't know I saw Rat Race. Oh, you should rewatch that too. That's a great movie. It's a great cast. Is Whoopi Goldberg in it? Yeah, it's a great all-star comedic cast. Yeah, 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 yeah. So funny, Kathy and Jimmy, John Lovitz. Isn't Seth Green in it? Seth Green, Rowan Atkinson, somebody, um, uh, what's his name from um, uh, 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 Faulty Towers? Uh, John Cleese. So many great people. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know what else? I, I haven't been watching movies lately, but I suddenly, for some reason, I just had a hankering to watch a movie. Guess what I watched? You tell me. A very Brady sequel. It is the best. It is so fucking funny. <laughs> no, it wasn't, though. I was like, but this is such a random choice. Why would I choose this? It's so funny. You don't think it's funny? Well, the Brady movie is one thing, but like, it was, yeah. I, I wanted to watch a Brady sequel for some reason. Yeah. I think it's just as funny, if not funnier. I don't know. I was, Something I mean, suddenly it, came up. It was it was comforting, I suppose. Yeah, it was one of those late night TVs that you'd watch on like City TV or something. You know, is it is that the one where where Jan runs away? No, that's the first one. Oh, Breaker One Nine, Breaker One Nine. This is Christmas Carol. Yeah, um, the first one is yeah. very funny. The second one it was less funny for like for some reason. They just had to. Watch oh, the second one is where they go to Hawaii, right? Yeah, but they don't go until they don't go to Hawaii until like the last twenty minutes. Right, 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 right. But RuPaul right. is in both. The RuPaul is a, like a standout. Let's just say that. Of course. <laughs> and the RuPaul's kids, Moesha, Moesha, Moesha. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, you really get to see the actor come out of RuPaul. One of the best roles she's ever played. I'd say so. <laughs> Speaking of RuPaul, let's talk RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Um, UK, hun. And we left on such a cliffhanger. The toes were hanging over the edge. We left with, first of all, Ginny Lemon walking out and saying, all right, Betsy Slice, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, she broke up bye-bye with the show. Yeah, and uh, we left uh, Sister Sister lip syncing for her side, uh, life by herself. Mm-hmm. And we come back into the workroom and woo, alarms are sounding because COVID has reached its new level. We reached the March of 2020. Indeed. It's very exciting. It's just interesting to watch. You know, it's just interesting to see where they were at and to remember where we were all at at that point too, you know? Uh-huh. Kind of the most interesting part of it is it's like remembering where we were all at when that happened in March. Yeah. Did you watch the, the special the next day? I did. I watched what, what happened in the lockdown. So we can get into that as well. So the girls find out that they're closing down production. Uh-huh. And, uh, they're going to have to... Uh, and they don't know when they're coming back. It's they have no idea. And they, they think it's two weeks because that's what everybody first told us when we all went to lockdown. It's going to be two weeks. Uh-huh. Before weeks, it's going to be two months, and then here we are still. <laughs> uh, yeah, but they found a way to get back into production seven months later. <laughs> yeah, and in that time, they had already filmed uh, season thirteen, All Stars six, and Holland <laughs> before they got back to the UK. Yeah, they were pumping them out. So RuPaul yeah. was tired, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we see it in this episode. She's a little... We sure do. A little cantankerous, and I love that. So, so do I. I. We'll talk more about that. Stay tuned. So here we go. What happened in their time off, though? Let's talk about this briefly before we get into the welcome back part of the episode. Right. So things of note were that Tace moved in with Ahura. Um, she, a lot of people actually were displaced. A lot of people lost their homes couldn't afford their rent for whatever oh, reason they had family actually lost their home and she had to find a uh, move out on her own yeah ellie's whole family had to leave their house it's like so heartbreaking but that's like, um, that, that that talking about the coronavirus that's a normal for a lot of people still in yeah the pandemic. yeah yeah people are still like where am i gonna live um luckily ellie found a great place she's back to work at the drive-thru um Ahura had a spare room, so Tace moved in with her. Um, what a, a couple surreal, of what a surreal experience though to be on Drag Race, something that you work so hard to get to, uh-huh. um, and to know that it's going to be a massive platform for yourself coming off the show, and then for that to just be like taken away, and then for you yeah. to not know what's happening, and for you to be waiting on a secret, basically you can't tell anybody that you uh-huh. the show that you're even involved with the show still afterwards. I know, right? Sitting on that, I mean, it's one thing to film it all and then sit on that secret until the show airs, but to film a little bit and then to sit on the secret still and be technically in the competition still where you can still create new looks in that time. Basically, they love that. Yeah, and nobody in the history has ever had that much time to work on a look. Seven months. Which is both a good thing and a bad thing because I feel like they're really holding them accountable for a lot of that, but it's also like... This was a pandemic, okay? Mm-hmm. Things are closed. People have no money. These girls mm-hmm. weren't getting any money in. They weren't working. 
The Scottish mm-hmm. girls particularly didn't work at all. Mm-hmm. I'm actually surprised that clubs did open back up in London and that people were back in. And when Ahura said that, like, she went from performing for, like, 2,000 people to 250 people, I was like, 2,000 people? What kind of venues are you playing in that host 2,000 people? It was like, yeah, exactly. Was it a stadium? Like, who, did they drop you in, like, Lady Gaga? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what's her name? Mary Cherry. Not Mary Cherry. What's her name? Charity Valentine is a mental health nurse. So she's been working the whole time and she's been in the field up at 5 a.m., like um, taking this on firsthand on the front lines. And it's interesting because she, her, um, her field isn't medical, like it's not like COVID medical, but she was placed to work in different areas of the hospital, which I have friends who are like that, who like work with children with autism in the hospital. And then that section closed down and they moved all the staff to areas where they're like, they're not trained in but they had to go work there yeah there and mental health was just as affected as our physical health in this pandemic mm-hmm. as well i'm sure she's still working very hard at that stuff like it's just yeah it's relentless for these nurses these first responders you know and um i mean i i know some people that have i've been nurses through this and teachers actually too and mm-hmm. just the lack of help from the government they've received in this time and the amount of oh yeah is asking of them just this, this they're asking that so much the, to do like a million different hats they have to wear and for mm-hmm. 18 hour shifts when they have their own family at home they have to take care of mm-hmm. um and on the topic of mental health we saw what happened with veronica who i'm surprised she put this on film was like how deep in a depression she got where she couldn't get out of bed for weeks well, this um, is what I'm saying is like, you're on the show. She had this huge moment. She was doing really good. Mm-hmm. She was a front runner. And for her to just have to go home with and bring all her stuff, like she, you see them go home and her living room is just full of her drag race stuff. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know what to do with it. She's just staring at this stuff. I can, I totally recognize that depression of like, what? Oh. And there was nothing, they didn't tell them anything of when they go back. Yeah. So for the first yeah. two weeks, she was in bed, like completely... Uh, like uh, comatose almost. Yeah. It was really incredible watching her fiance come in every morning with a cup of coffee and like a bright voice and trying to get her out of bed. Like that was so heartwarming to watch because especially with the next episode we watch is Drag Race 13 where Elliot, we're going to talk about this tomorrow, but like Elliot talks about um, the depression he goes through and how his boyfriend doesn't support him and like doesn't believe in it. And like Veronica is so lucky that she had somebody there who was able to pull her out and like get her out for walks, get her out for air and like kind of breathe life back, back, back into her. There's a thing with depression where it's like, and we can talk about this again more with Elliot, where it's kind of a, a poor me thing sometimes where people think that people are just drawing attention to themselves. Mm-hmm. There is a real chemical actual imbalance that happens with people with clinical depression. You know, mm-hmm. they can't get themselves out of bed. They don't have motivation basically yeah and it's it's one of the hardest things and for us as well i'm sure you felt this um in in the pandemic is keeping up motivation yeah uh even if you don't suffer clinical depression necessarily we've all experienced some form of depression during this pandemic somehow mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so yep. it was kind of interesting to, it was i was fascinated it was totally fascinating watching this kind of documentary of what had happened to these girls in the time off right 
And it was really, totally. reson- it was resonating just to be like, we've all been there. We all did that too in our own way. As drag artists, we all lost work. And Bimini talked about this a lot of like, we're disposable, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fucking rough. I have zero motivation these days. Like I can't do any of, and I have work to do and I have zero motivation to do it. It's crazy to think of like how disposable we turned out to be as performers. Mm-hmm. And you know, the amount of people that are still doing it still, a lot of people have, not, actually not a lot have quit. There have been a few people that have kind of stopped doing drag as much or just letting it go. Um, if it was more of a hobby for the, for the drag artists who really love doing drag and want it, they're still doing it, right? They're still doing it and they're doing it without getting a paycheck or getting paid. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to say that like people are giving it up because these are, ex- ex- oh God, what's the word? Extenuating circumstances where like, unprecedented yeah it's unprecedented like this isn't like anybody who's not doing drag right now it doesn't mean that they gave up it doesn't mean that they're like no longer doing it it just means that right now there's not a space for it no and i I don't want that to be taken that way either i think it's more of like people who maybe were thinking of this as more as a hobby you know as less less than a career and for you know the career girls it's a bit different Mm -hmm. yeah but these girls don't think of it as a hobby. It is their life. It is their dream. It is their job. And they are suffering. And it was really fascinating to watch them. But it was also really warming to see how they um, were able to pick themselves up. I mean, she got herself out of bed. Veronica got herself out of bed. And uh, yeah. that's the power of, like, you have to have this the tenacity of spirit to get up. Yeah. And they all have- like going outside is so important. Getting some vitamin D, getting into the sun, getting some fresh air, even if it's cold outside, just getting outside is like so important to your system. Oh my God. This is why I'm happy that I have my dog with me during this. Mm-hmm. Honestly, she forces me to be responsible for somebody else as well. First of all, that's been a huge thing, but also just to get outside and go for a walk. I don't know mm-hmm. if I would have done that without her. I might've been in this, I might've been in Veronica when this all happened. Who knows? I was going yeah. through a lot at that time too. So you know, you gotta find these things that like get, get that fresh air, <laughs> eat healthy in this time, try and work out in some capacity, right? Yeah. So it was really interesting. So I guess after that, we come back. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. And they throw now, a party, they've got banners, they've got balloons. Yeah. Um, I love that Ahura walks in with a lunch bag and go or lunchbox and goes, Do you carry a lunchbox? I do, and then just throws it away. <laughs> I know. It was weird to see them come back to be like, oh, this is their entrance part two. Okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't have to do it in track, which was, I think, nice. Well, they shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're all back, except they're all waiting around the table. They've all come back. Well, let's just talk quickly. Some of them have had some work done. <laughs> Sister has been living very well in this time off. Yeah, well, she's lucky because she's had an office job this entire time. I guess, yeah. I mean, and and I guess like the uh, the Botox and fillers have not been closed down around her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has been an essential service for her. She's got yeah. juice, she's got some fillers. She looks I, different. She looked, Did you notice how different she looked? Not at all. I really? looked for it and I couldn't find the difference. <laughs> oh my god! I was like, oh, and it also just how she carried it. She looked way more confident walking back. Like, I'm yes, really that's one thing. Now. I was like, oh my God, sister has arrived? <laughs> yeah, she finally woke up. She's like here with a brand new personality, which I still don't care for. But um, I'm glad that she has found a voice. 
the voice of Liverpool. And the only person who hasn't returned is Veronica. Yeah, and they're all concerned. Where is she? Like, why are we waiting for Veronica? What's going on here? And then RuPaul comes in wearing her Ginny Lemon uh, little uh, bob. Mm-hmm. Ginny has been shitting all over the show on social media. So she looks a little bit like Jane Lynch, doesn't she, with this little wig on? Yeah, she's a little Sue Sylvester moment. <laughs> Uh, so I guess that was in, in, in like remembrance of Ginny, I suppose. Uh, okay. mm-hmm. So we, and then she brings back, so, okay, there's a lot happening. There's a lot happening in the first part of this episode. Girls come mm-hmm. back into the workroom. RuPaul comes in. She informs them that Veronica won't be returning to the competition because she tested positive for COVID. Ooh, rough. Which is... Oh, can you even imagine? I first of all, it's just like you're concerned of like, okay, is she gonna be okay with this? Like, and also just like, just the she was already going through depression in that time. Like, mm-hmm. man, this girl has gone through it. Mm-hmm. She has an open invitation to come back for season three. She's got the Eureka O'Hara special. <laughs> That's right. So she's already <laughs> taken a spot for season three. We will see her back, I suppose. Yeah, which is kind of a, a good thing because. She already has the glory of being on this season, and then now she gets to extend that for an entire year. I mean, it's actually, I mean, kind of a great thing because she might even be out of this whole COVID mess by the time season three happens. So she might have more opportunities than even the season two girls. Yeah. In some ways, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's too bad. It made me sad. It made me really sad because she was doing really well, and I really liked her on this season. And so it was just kind of like, oh, it was kind of an early hit of like, oh my God, ow. Yeah, yeah, me too. It hurt my heart. It was sad to see her go. But then we get a little um, boost uh, of serotonin, or whatever the right word is for that, when uh, the pit crew walk in in furry costumes. When skinny marinka dinky dinks. That's right. I love you, elephant. (laughs) (laughs) Sharon Lewis and Bram, honey. Well, it wasn't Sharon Lewis and Bram, was it? They take off their hats, and it is the first three eliminated competitors. Here we go. Joe, Cherry, I almost called her, I get her name confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, Valentine. Uh, and uh, Estina, Mandela. That's Mine right. Ginny Lemon, but in remembrance on RuPaul's head. <laughs> yes. And RuPaul, RuPaul basically says, like, uh, because Ginny decided to remove herself, we're saying, bye, bitch, never come back. And I think that's fair. Yeah, well, also, uh, sorry, and so much has happened in this first 10 minutes of this episode, it feels like we're going over a lot. When they came back from the elimination of Ginny walking off in seven months ago, <laughs> there was a conversation with Lawrence being like, I don't think that's right. I think that wasn't fair to his sister to leave her up there alone like that. It's not fair for production or for anybody else involved. And I, yeah. I agree with Lawrence on that. I said this last episode too, where I get it. I get where Ginny was coming from. But also, like, I did, it felt selfish to me. And I, I concur with that. Yeah, I, I, I see that point of view. I'm more so, like, for once I'm on sister's side, where she's like, I don't know if I won that legit or if I won by default. Like, would I have beat her? I'll never know. Well, that's basically saying selfish because she, she didn't give her a chance to find out what actually happened. Yeah. So, um, 
it's yeah it's one of the gags of the show where it's like you, if you're in a bottom you know this is going to happen you have to let say i'm sorry like it's 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 in the contract of the show you have to do it um, and it's fun lip syncing is fun just do it well but also just the excuse jenny made of like you know i didn't want to send her home and i, you know, I said i showed what i needed to show like i get it i get it i get it i get it but you're like come on girl you're making excuses she was done. She wanted to go. Well, she was over it. Well, the best news is that RuPaul's Burger said, "You're right. You are done. Bye." <laughs> <laughs> and never again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is too bad because the, the other reason I'm angry about this is because she represents such a different point of view in drag. Yeah, and I, I fear that that's going to represent badly on the show now in some way. You know? Uh, I don't know. I don't know nope, if they're going to hold not. the whole not. community against her. Well, it, it was. I, I'm going to say this. I love Ginny. I think she represented a lot of great things. I thought that move was selfish. Sure. Yeah. I'm on record. It's on record. <laughs> now we know how Vicky, <laughs> where Vicky stands. <laughs> All right. Going back seven months later. Fast forward. Uh, when mm-hmm. the, so we get the three eliminated girls minus Ginny, and we find out that the girls are going to vote on a tiny little mirror who they want to come back. I love these little mirrors. It's like the Beauty and the Beast. Show me the beast. I love that the mirrors are so small that you can only really spell three letters on there anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Who are they going to pick? I was like, hmm, can I fit Cherry on that? I don't think so. (laughs) And nobody tried. (laughs) So who did they vote back? They voted back in Joe Black. First eliminated. Who we were all like, oh, Joe has gone too soon. Right in the Mm -hmm. streets. So Joe Black gets a second chance. There you go. You never know with this show, huh? Yeah, I think it was the right choice because everyone in there was already a fan of, of Joe's and um, I guess agrees with us that Joe did not get to show enough before leaving and was probably unfairly eliminated. Yes, 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 and no. I feel like Joe has... <laughs> Joe is one of those people that is just such... Uh, they know who they are so well as a drag performer. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not really any malleability in that, if that makes sense. Yeah. There's, the, the, there's, you can't really RuPaul dragonize them. And, and, and it's that. true. They already That's know what they want. They know what they're going to do. It's done. So I felt like we saw that with Joe. And I felt like production felt as well with the same feeling of like, I don't know how far Joe's going to take this in terms of like developing outside of Joe's comfort zone. Yeah. And we did see that this episode, too. And we saw it this episode. That's why I'm dropping this now. That's why I'm dropping some heat, girl. Yeah. Um, I feel bad that Estina didn't get put through because she would have done really well in this challenge. Astina would have. I feel bad for Astina through, Astina through all this because, you know, she, she was doing really well. She was a front runner. I thought she had a great personality. Um, yeah. I don't think she was doing really well. I think the last three episodes that she was on, she like I think she started out really well, but then I think she kind of faded. Like she didn't really stand out in rats. She didn't really stand out in the ball. Like she just kind of like faded. Or in the design challenge, she kind of faded away from me. Faded. What's that song? Um, kind of faded, but I'm feeling all right. <laughs> think about making my move tonight. I can't pretend that you're only my friend when you're holding my body tight. Ooh, I like the way that you move. <laughs> Ooh, I like the way that you move. Oh. Kinda. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah. That guy was so hot. Oh my God. Soul decision. Oof. I miss them. I miss them. Tips. Yes, honey. Frost my tips. 
I missed the late 90s, early 2000s so much. <laughs> Give me my seashell necklace. Seashell, seashell, by the seashore necklace. Oh my God, everybody had them. Did you have one? No. I had several. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> and I wore them all at once. <laughs> God bless uh, you. Yeah. I also had Boston tips when I had hair. I had my hair blue once when I was, yeah, I had blue hair. And then I did blog oh. a lot. Lots of frosted tips. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love that for you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, All right. What is the challenge? RuPaul tells them. Uh, they are doing... Eurovision. Eurovision song. This is the Proctor Stories challenge, essentially, which was such a massive hit on the first season. It really was. I think it's interesting, though, that they give them both the same song. Because whenever they do challenges like this in the States, it's always two different songs. But here was, they're just was, like, was the beep, was the first with the Frog Destroyer was that the same track? It was the exact same. It was, but they did very different things with it, and obviously they did like, different lyrics. Yeah, yeah. So obviously the Frog Destroyer stood out. I don't even know what the other team was called. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess that makes sense for this. I mean, yeah. and in terms of a competition, it makes it more even to judge. It does, but I also find it's a little bit more repetitive. <laughs> And yeah, it's repetitive and a little bit unfair because you're like directly comparing, which I don't know. I don't know. It just, <laughs> I don't know. It, it doesn't sit well with me because they never do that on the States. Like when they had the Henny song, like when they brought back Henny for um, All Stars 4 and had them each write their own song, they gave them two completely different songs. Yeah, but in the States, the songs never take off. These songs are taken off in the UK. <laughs> so true. What's, what's, what's to say? Well, about the Frog Stories became the Frog Stories became a real troupe. Like they tour together now. An improv troupe. An improv troupe? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go. We're in our teams. So uh, Lawrence, because she won, uh, she's now got two badges. She won the last seven months ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then Joe Black has just come back to the team captains. So Lawrence mm-hmm. chooses Tace, Ahora, and Bimini Bomb Blash. Mm-hmm. And Joe goes with Ch- uh, no, no, Cherry's not here anymore. Joe, Joe <laughs> goes with uh, Tia, Tia, Allie, and uh, the other one. Yeah, sister, 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 sister. Mm-hmm. Team forgettable. Sister, um, Ahora was the last one picked. Unfortunately, I was surprised. Actually, I thought it would be Ellie. <laughs> um. Well, Ellie's more of a dancer, as she likes to say. No, Ellie said, yeah, exactly. Ellie says she's more of a dancer. So, okay, we're getting into recording. They're writing their lyrics and stuff. And then mm-hmm. who would, we, we get a visit from one of my favorites, M&E-K. Do you know M&E-K? Well, I wrote it down in my notes. As like, I was like, how do you spell M&E? M&E-K. <laughs> and then I realized I was like, oh, M-N-E-K. Yeah. <laughs> I do know M&E-K. They, they write, do a lot of... Uh, remixes and stuff. Oh, cool. I don't know who they are. Yeah, I've heard a lot of their music, actually. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of collabs. Nice. And I have to say, I just like them as a presence on the show. I really like them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were a really great judge. All right, so they are both recording their tracks. Anything stands out for you? No. I wouldn't talk I think, about their uh, names. So Lawrence came up, uh, so Ahura actually came up with the name for Lawrence's group. United King Dolls. That's right. That's it's a great name. That's actually really good. And Lawrence is like, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> She's like, no, really. 
<laughs> I know. I, was um, like, I heard it too. I was like, oh, I'd love that too. <laughs> it is very good. And she was right not to go with um with pun names off of bands that already exist. Like the other group, which is called Banana Drama. That's right, which actually is a great name. <laughs> which is kind of funny. Uh, yeah. But also, and I did also like, I wanted to shout out Bimini's um, All Sinners was really good. All Sinners? Yeah. What's that? It's off of All Saints. Never, ever, have I ever felt so low. Oh, I would have never put that together. Oh. All Sinners? Yeah. And Girls Not Allowed. No, it's got a rhyme with Saints. It doesn't make sense to me. Girls Not Allowed makes sense. But Sinners is the opposite of Saints. It's like, no, it's got to be like All Saints. That's funny. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> All right, so that's making sure I'm being heard. You're being so. heard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so also let's just comment on. There's a lot to comment on in this episode because it's kind of crazy. So their their confessionals are exactly the same looks that they had. Yeah. Seven months ago, they had them all same haircut, same everything. They yeah, all except like, Bimini's now pink instead of yellow. Wait, I'm wrong. She's yellow. She's still yellow. Yeah, they all kept their continuity. Right. And except for sister's face. For, that's a, literally, I'm like, sister looks, that's why maybe she's standing out more to me because I'm like, everybody else looks the same, but sister, I was like, you've had a glow up somehow. <laughs> <laughs> There's been some work and these two <laughs> are crazy. Yeah, they're not even, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, they have recorded their tracks. Um, I was a little bit nervous watching Lawrence do it because I was like, dancing to a Highland jig, Cheney, Delon's Cheney's up in this gig. I was like, oh. I'm never worried for Lawrence. <laughs> well, now I'm not because now I'm calm. I was worried because when the last time we saw them do choreo with the, the rats thing, uh, and they held their own, but they weren't strong, you know? Um, yeah, but after watching this, I was like, oh, I'm not worried for Lawrence anymore. But I was a little bit worried because I was like, all right, this is the weak spot for Lawrence. Yeah. Um, but they know it's up. I was surprised that Sister Sister brought it when she was recording. I was like, oh, this person finally has confidence and personality. They the hell? They brought confidence back to this competition. Like, if anything mm-hmm. you can bring back in seven months, it's that, you know? Mm hmm. Even if you don't have the looks, if you can bring back some kind of confidence or personality back with yourself, that's what you need. Yeah. So they're doing the choreo. So the first group is kind of figuring out what they're doing with Lawrence, uh, the, the United Dolls, United King Dolls. No, they're the second group, but we can talk about them. What, the what first group was um, the other ones, Banana Drama. Sure, we'll talk about the first. What happened? Um, okay, so Tia is leading the choreo, but Ellie has too many opinions and thinks that she knows better than Tia. Well, by the way, Tia is in a girl group in, in the UK, hun. Yeah. And Tia is also aware that she has non-dancers with her, so she has to make the choreo suit them, which is smart choreo. Ellie's like, but we have to do, we have to do death drops and like dynamic shit. And Tia wants to keep it simple, which is a smart idea. However, Tia kept it way too simple. Like there was zero movement in that choreo. Um, and by movement, I mean like formation wise, um, like dynamics. It was just like, we'll talk about it when we see it. But I. Well, I don't think Tia is a, she's not a choreographer either. I mean, we haven't seen any, I would never picture her as like the lead choreo. 
True story. True story. I would say, like, give it to Ellie. Ellie clearly wants to do it. She's been yeah. herself as a fucking death drop queen the whole series. Let her yeah, that's it. a problem. That's a problem is that she thinks that anybody can. She's, she'd be like, okay, <laughs> no, Joe Blackie, well, do a cartwheel here. Put it on her. Who cares? I mean, they went real <laughs> too simple. I mean, we'll talk about it, but they went real too simple. Yeah. And it was just repetitive. And they didn't, it was just, it was so preschool. Mm-hmm. It's literally the choreo you give to preschool children to be like, all right, they can't fuck this up, even though you know, like, well, they're going to fuck it up. Like, Listen, I have choreographed seven year olds, and even they can do better than what they come up with here. Um, now we get to the other troupe, which is the United King Dolls, and Tace is the choreographer there, and she nails it. I love how she walks in and she's like, here's what we're going to do. There was a plan. She's like, we're going to start from the beginning and we're going to build on and keep going back to the beginning and adding on through there. Repeat, 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 repeat. Such a smart way of doing it to get it in everybody's body. That's how I used to teach when I was teaching biography. Start from the beginning, build on it, repeat from the beginning, repeat from the beginning every time you build on. I like that because Lawrence is kind of the weaker one in the group, I would say, in terms of choreo. So I like that they featured uh, Lawrence right away and like had her entrance into her jig. You know, kind mm-hmm. of just to be like, here they are. Da-da. <laughs> and then everybody <laughs> else can kind of keep doing their stuff afterwards. I think it was a smart way of doing it. Yeah. It was. It really was. And then people like Bimini are just like very, uh, just really coordinated and just like very flexible. <laughs> like Bimini yeah. is just like, I'm really loving Bimini nowadays. I'm like, I'm, I'm getting into the Bimini bamboo lash. I think I'm like a little bit in love with Bimini. Yeah, there's something hot about her. Yeah. And it's 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 also just a really, really warm personality there. Like like that this is a person who like sees you. You know what I mean? Like she like understands genuine. who you are. There's a yeah. Genuine quality to her, like a genuine yeah. leather, except it's vegan, you know? <laughs> totally. Now I didn't see this in episode one. I was worried about her, but like since then she's really blown me away. There you go. She's blown yeah. you. She blew me. So now what happens? We're in the mirror. We're doing our makeups. We're talking about the seven months off period and like just not working. Yeah. Bimini and Lawrence talk about um, a lack of job security and how they didn't work for a while. Bimini did go back to work, but Lawrence did not have that luxury. And we talked about this already, but like, yeah, a lot of us have had the exact same issue. Also just like taking, okay, being in a drag competition, doing drag so often, and then taking seven months off to not have any opportunities to do drag at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're just like, that's the other part of this is like, we're not doing as, our drag as often, right? Yeah, so yeah. Lawrence is like, I mean, I'm sure they did drag in lockdown, but like we weren't doing as drag as often as they probably would usually. And our bodies have changed. And like, like I don't know if I would be able to fit back into my costumes after seven months. You've had a lot of shawarma. I sure have, I had too many. Your body's trying to, you know, get rid of it for you, but mm-hmm. <laughs> she's got the shawarma poops. I got it. I got a shawarma belly, shawarma poops. <laughs> it's shawarma up in here. Okay, so <laughs> they are talking about that stuff. I guess we're getting right to the runway then, right? The, the performance? The performance, yeah. All right, should we take a break and then talk about all that? Yes, please. Alrighty, let's take a break from that spot. So we'll be right back. Oh, it's a lovely day at the seaside today, isn't it, darling? 
Ooh, sure is. Oh, look at the seagull. Oh, don't let it eat your chips. Not my chips, darling. My vinegar chips. <laughs> Speaking about chips, let's see all the chips at this seaside, huh? At the runway later on. But first, we're doing the <laughs> performance aspect of this episode. It's Eurovision, baby. Eurovision. Our judges are Graham Norton has come back. They have put up the plexiglass screens. Michelle Visage has her gray streak suddenly. Suddenly I'm gray. Suddenly. And there's M-N-E-K. M-N-E-K. Yeah. And RuPaul is tired. <laughs> you can kind of see it in her face. Even uh-huh. when she's walking down the runway, you can tell like she's just exhausted for some reason. Because I imagine she's like we said, she filmed a lot of seasons in between this. Yes, um, she flew back to the UK. She's had mm-hmm. to quarantine for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I she may not have even quarantined when she did the US versions. Um, because she was also she may not have had to necessarily. So this yeah, because been, this might have been the first time that she actually is quarantined. I have a feeling she would have had to, but like quarantined in her own home, not in a hotel. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's it's yeah, I can you can tell it's like it, there's a diva, a diva, a divaness coming out because she had a quarantine, yeah. and I am here for it. So this, yeah, she's got that behind her eyes for this, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we get to the challenge. Who's up first? It is UK Han. It is the yeah, the United Kingdoms. That's them. And they look amazing. They all look very cohesive. They have a strong intro. Um, and then they have a strong performance. Yeah, and even just like they all had like a variety to themselves. Um, even just like for me, the standout was actually Bimini. I really felt sure. she, she represented that Europop vibe more than anybody else. She just had like a little tube skirt, but she had like a cowboy hat on. I don't know, she just represented that Europop. Yeah, I see it. And I also just, I loved her, I loved her verse. I thought she was probably the strongest in this group. She had a beautiful verse and it was all about um, acceptance of like different genders and all that. Um, and yeah, she had, she gave her tricks. She brought out a pink stool where she did her like long splits on and then she jumped off of into the splits at the end. I even love what Lawrence is wearing because she's, you know, she's wearing her go-go boots. She's got her cute little flashy pink uh, dolly skirt on. Like she just looks cute. And the other girls are in bodysuits, which is like, you know, pretty standard. Um, yeah. They all just flow together really well. There's like a, there's just, like, there's a, it feels like they're a cohesive group. And they're exiting the choreo very well. Like they all look very natural doing it. And um, they're all on time with each other. They're working together. They look like a group. It's amazing. Um, I, I love Tace's lyrics where she says, inches down to the floor. And I'm not talking about my weave. I think that's awesome and so hot. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, even Ahura is doing well because she's like, she's not a thing, not a thing of the group, but she's talking it and she's, uh, you know, moaning and squealing and it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. They all killed it. And they I all brought like energy. The, the, the repetitive part of the song is the, uh, the bing, bang, bong, sing, sang, song, ding, ding, dong, no, ding, ding, dong, sing, sing, song, bing, bang, bong. And they're all like bend over to, you know, pat each other's bums. 
Um, I, that for me was more enjoyable than the other groups repetitive. 100%. Uh, so I was good with all of this. I enjoyed it. Yeah, all around fantastic job. And variety, they all gave me variety. They all told me them, the, the, themselves as characters. Bimini was different from Lawrence, but they were very, you know, identified as their own characters. I loved it. Yeah. So yeah. great, 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 great. Good job. Here comes the next group, the Banana Drama, giving us UK, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, less impressed. <laughs> a... So let's so... start with, <laughs> where, where do we start? It's a hard place. Okay, let's start with the looks. Well, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> So I would say that this there's just not a lot of cohesion. They were going with a pink cohesion, I guess. Like none of the fabric choices go together. Sister's wearing a gingham. A gingham. Uh, like Graham <laughs> said, Ellie is wearing a dog poop. Yeah. Pink. Um, I yeah. just saw my dog poop this out recently. I can confirm this. Uh -huh. Tia, Tia's given me the most Europop, I guess. It's the really camp ostrich feather thing, as I get it. And yeah. then obviously we get the moment with, you know, uh, Joe Black. Uh... <laughs> yeah. No, I see no more goddamn F&M on my fucking stage. <laughs> H&M. H&M. Um, yeah, it was all just pretty tragic as a group. Um... Here's what I was, I'm going to say about, oh, it's so hard because there's no cohesion here. Uh, yeah. The other group had a weird cohesion. They were all separate, but they had a cohesion. This mm -hmm. feels like they were all really trying to stay together in some capacity, but it doesn't feel that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then people like Joe, like Joe has this finger wave hair that they love to do. That's uh -huh. Joe Black, but it feels like it's so separate from the rest of the group. And she really looks like the Sophia of the Golden Girls in this group. And she's you know? so tiny on the end there. And like, if Tia were smarter as a choreographer they would have moved around the formation so it wasn't just always joe on the end giving that little thumbs up like they should have moved they should have moved around okay let's talk about the choreo now so the choreo was basic as fuck yeah so sister and joe are bookending it we basically turn each time to wave like uk han wave 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 other side wave 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 and it just didn't stop repeating yeah it was really brutal to watch and also people like ellie who just have zero personality on stage just like when you're doing group choreo you still have to bring the energy even when it's not your solo moment because they all had pretty decent solo verses it was just like when they were in the groups that like everything fell apart messy, and it unfortunately no messy even the solo verses were messy and like in terms of what they wrote was fine but yeah. just in terms of like how they perform their solo verses was so messy. Yeah. 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 It was all just very unfortunate. And just like, oh my God, the, like, do, what is that called when you do? It's like the 60s, like mod dancing with the peace sign going through your eyes and like that. I don't know mm -hmm. what these names are called. Nobody does this anymore. It's, yeah. It's so dated. There's nothing fresh about it. Like, it feels like, you know what this feels like? The other group felt like a Europop group, right? This one mm -hmm. feels like a, the Doodle Bobs. Like, it feels like a kid's, yeah, like a kid's entertainment thing that you would hire for a party, and then you were like, "Fuck, I paid for that, man." Yeah, that's spot on. Except the Doodle Bops had more energy. Love the Doodle Bops. I know the Doodle Bops are cool. <laughs> I understood for the Doodle Bops. They didn't get in. Oh, <laughs> don't let, don't hold that against you. Well, I do. <laughs> they were millionaires. 
they are billionaires. They made so much money and Disney bought them out. So like they made so much money. Yeah, the rich. Apparently they each had their own tour bus. Like when they were touring, like they were like pimped out. Now, a nice thing is that they're the Australian ones, right? The Doodle Bops? No, the Doodle Bops are Canadian. Wait, what's the one I'm thinking of? What's the... You're thinking of the Wiggles. Wiggles! <laughs> now, I know the Wiggles. I worked with one of the Wiggles. The, the yellow one, the girl. Oh, okay. Lovely, Wait, lovely. What's her name? Emma. Oh, okay. I thought you were... For a second, I thought you were thinking of the Doodle Bobs because they're the blonde girl. I think her yeah. name was Lisa Lennox. They're all the same, though. They're all, they're, they're, that's, what the, that's what these girls were doing, but they were unsuccessful at it. <laughs> they sure were. I just hated this. And then after, well, the other team was so strong, too, and for us to watch this afterwards, I was like, okay, come on. I actually thought, and people kept panning to Paul's face. <laughs> you thought what? They kept panning to Paul's face. And I actually thought that Paul was going to be like, stop. Yeah. I was just going to tell him to stop. Like it was like an American yeah. Idol audition, you know? Uh-huh, completely. And it was totally that. And like from the beginning, Ru's face was like that. I think they made them do this several times. So RuPaul probably had to sit through this like a couple times. <laughs> so just, and the song probably just like really wore on her and she's probably just like jet lagged. Like <laughs> I, just love, I just love where this goes. It makes me really happy. <laughs> uh, let's just say I do not blame her for blowing up later. I don't either. All right, so that is the performance. We said what we said. We said what we said. Tamisha said what she said. And we said what we said. And Nini said it too. Yeah, we all said what we said. <laughs> and then the category is uh, Take It the Seaside. By the sea, by the beautiful sea, you and me. All right. Oh, please. how happy we'll be. Who's up first? Bimini Bamboo Lash is giving us the Day of the Seaside. She's wearing. So I, I have a feeling in her time off, she's like, you know what? They love seeing the body. I'm going to show it off more. For sure. So I feel like she came up with this after. It's just a see-through lace. Yeah. Uh, with a, like a little pasties and no pasties, just nipple and panties and then a yeah. little uh, parasol. Yeah, um, she looks like a painting. She looks beautiful. It's like giving me like a, uh, a Sunday in the Park with George painting. Yeah, for sure. I love this. You know, again, it's like simple and it's like there's nudity and I'm, I'm, I'm here for the nudity and the simpleness of it. It's, I give it a nut. Yeah, it's for sure a nut. I think it's very beautiful. I give it a conchy nut. Mmm, a conch. Yeah. We Whoever holds the conch gets the talk. <laughs> What's that from? Lord, um, of, Lord of the Flies. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> what a book. All right, here comes Tace. Tace is giving us uh, a catch of the day. She's just been washed up ashore. Mm. Yes. Uh, all the netting, all the starfish have died for this. Yeah. I think she looks stunning. I think she looks sexy. She and looks beautiful. Mullets. I'm telling you, the mullets are happening, girl. Mullets are in, baby. Yeah. No, she I, looks she looks incredible. I bet you she didn't have this wig before the time off because the mullets really happened with like the whole Rihanna Fenty show after that. No, she only brought that wig because of the she only the only wig she had was the one with the horns. Oh yeah, because she had she got more wigs. <laughs> yeah. <she> had time. <laughs> yeah. What a gift. Uh, what right, a so gift. For me, this is like. It's just a, a netting bodysuit, so I'm not crazy about it. But she knows how to put things together, and same way like Simone does. You know, like she just has yeah. a taste level that I like. Yeah. So I'm gonna give this a nut. It's simple, you know. But, I think you know, it's. A, I think it tells a story. I think it's. I think it's. It gives me by the sea. I think it's beautiful. And this net is holding her nuts. It's great. And her makeup is like, 
like a little bit under, like it's like softer. It's like, it's gorgeous. Yeah, she always looks great. So yeah, it's in a, here comes yeah. Hora giving us chips, uh, chips by the sea. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she looks fantastic. I love the silhouette this gives me. I think if you're going to do something like this, like she made it fashion and I think it's beautiful. The silhouette is great. She has the waist cinched in and then this paper is coming off in like this kind of origami kind of shape. Like you're able to shape paper in a certain way, which makes it really beautiful sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she really did that with this where it felt um, interesting, right? And then yeah. the hips are coming out of it in such an interesting way too. And they're all kind of uh, covered in this kind of latex kind of feeling to them and sparkles. Um, yeah. This looks great. And I love this ketchup on her head. Yeah, total nut. Yeah, very nut, very beautiful. Yeah, give me some uh, some nuts with that chip. Mm-hmm. And then after this comes... Lawrence Cheney. Lawrence Cheney, somebody threw a lifeboat. Lawrence <laughs> yeah. is overboard. <laughs> Did she go overboard with this? I think, I don't think she went overboard. I think... Uh, she did a good job. Uh, she has a lifesaver on her head. And then the outfit is giving me the same color tone. I kind of wish the lifesaver had been part of the outfit as, as opposed to part of her head. I love that. Um, this is, you know, if, they're, if the boat is sinking, I'm grabbing Lawrence Cheney. Oh, no okay. There. You can float on Lawrence. I love, uh, so this is like, again, she does different kind of, um, fabrics and things and uh, textiles that yeah. um, a lot of big girls don't, you know, gravitate towards PVC and latex and stuff. But I love uh-huh. that she does that stuff because it just looks so great on her. Yeah. And I love that she, she has a good eye for what works on her. She does. She's, listen, there's a taste, there's a taste level to Lawrence as well. The same as, you know, everybody else we've talked about. I love mm-hmm. the ring coming. It's camp. It's coming out of her head. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she is, she is the buoy. Yeah, buoy. And then I love this wig where it's got the color scheme incorporated with it. And then the, she's got water wings on her arms is like the ruffles. It's just such a great concept. And then she turns around and says, no diving into my, into my black lagoon. Yes. I think Tina Werner needs to take a page from Lawrence and learn how to do orange. Take several orange pages, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we're constantly on like an or and like an amber or red alert with Tina. It makes yeah. me like nervous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody stay calm. <laughs> Whereas like Lawrence, I'm like, oh, she's the life wrap. I feel calm. I feel protected. Yeah. Yeah. It's two different energies. It's a nut. The nuts are safe with Lawrence Chan. Lawrence Chan is in my nut. Yeah. Here comes. Okay. <laughs> I find this a little terrifying, and I'm going to tell you why. Do you, have you ever seen the Never Ending Story too? I have, I have with Jonathan Brandis. Um, so she yeah, but I give me Wembley. Okay, don't remember who that is. So you've seen John, you've seen the Never Ending Story too, and you don't remember? I don't remember much of it. No. Oh my god! I just remember him on a diving board at the beginning of the One movie. One of my favorite <laughs> movies. Zayeda is like my like iconic drag icon. Oh, <laughs> the, the villain of that movie. I'm obsessed with her, but. Her henchman in the movie is Wembley, this chicken man who terrified me. It was like a, like a, like a, an anamorphic chicken person. It was so scary to me. It's just because it's got the face of it's got the eyes of a human, but the face of a chicken is so scary. I don't like it. And this yeah. is giving me like that hundred percent. So it scares me. 
um, first of all, scares me. Now, mm-hmm. as a fashion, I hate it. Do you? Yeah, I want. Here's the thing: I want to love it because I think it's a funny idea to do. You know, a seagull at the beach. I think that's a yeah. funny idea. Yeah. I used to like how it's executed. It's a little, the, the, it's a faux fur on her arm. There's no feathers. I think that was a big miss for me. If this had been like ostrich feathers or feathers coming off her arm, it'd be something different. Um, yeah, it's a costume for sure. It feels like a costume. It's again, that's, it's that kid's party costume that's really scary. <laughs> but I will say that I like the boots. Uh, I think that's fun. And then the <laughs> aesthetics is kind of interesting. But I'm going to give this, I'm going to give it a cut. I'm cutting it because it scares me. See, I decided to give it a nut because I think it's like a different idea that like nobody else thought to do. I like the idea of a seagull in a bikini. I think it's very funny. I like the concept, but it doesn't mean it has to be, it's not executed right. Yeah. See, I don't know what I would do better because I don't know shit. So I'm going to nut it. (laughs) And you know, I don't like Ellie. I, I think it's again, it, it's the same silhouette as she always does. It's this bodysuit silhouette. Yeah. That's the other thing. It's like there's not a new silhouette to this. And again, like it's a full fur. I needed feathers or something. Well, it didn't have chaps this time. Well, there wasn't space for the chaps. But you know, if she had the <laughs> chaps, she would put a chap on a seagull. She could have worked it in. <laughs> seagull is chapped. <laughs> All right, here comes Tia Coffee. I guess it's Tia Coffee ice cream. That's right. Ooh, coffee ice cream. Um, yeah, she's giving us an ice cream cone with a cherry on top. What do you think? <sighs> it's a costume. Um, I agree with the judges that the silhouette is wrong. Like, it just doesn't, like, like, it just feels like it's not elevated. So I, yes, it is kind of costumey. The difference between this and Ellie for me is I appreciate this more as, like, a, a um, an interpretation concept and there's an elevation of fashion in there but it doesn't fit her in a way that's flattering to her at all mm-hmm. uh, I like the top part of this I like how this like creaminess is swathing around her neck I think that's really elegant mm-hmm. but then it billows out into just a big plob of ice cream around the waist and then the mm-hmm. cone does nothing for her yeah the cone part is the most upsetting part I think it's just like, it's literally, it's the Party City, I'm wearing a beer can costume. It's just in ice cream form, you know? So I get where the anger came for this. I get that. And then she's also a very, you know, model-esque figure. And she's a comedy girl too. So uh-huh. it's just, she was trying to do this wink and nod to camp and comedy and stuff. But it's also like, play to your strengths. You've got the legs, honey. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they've been trying to tell her this whole time. It's like, use your legs. Like, use Use your frame. I don't think Tia sees herself as gorgeous at all. Mm-hmm. I think that's the problem here is like, we are seeing something else that she doesn't see. Or we're like, Tia, you're fucking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And then this wig is just real flat. So it's not working for me neither. I think the wig is also probably the biggest miss of this. I think if she had a bigger wig kind of going into the ice cream idea, it might've worked a bit better. And she kept saying that she brought non-flat wigs this time and i'm like but then what do you like i'm scared to see the other ones now <laughs> well it's a flat wig with a roll yeah <laughs> so yeah. wait honey here comes sister sister she's a, a copy 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 cat sister sister 
wearing chips and seagulls. <laughs> yeah. So apparently the story here, as we learned in Untucked, is that originally before they broke for COVID was that she was supposed to go down as like Pamela Anderson from Baywatch. She brought a blonde wig, big boobs, and a bathing suit. And then went home and came back with this, which Ahura was pissed about because like her costume had been sitting out the entire time for the first four weeks. Clearly saw that Ahura had a a chip seaside costume already set before the seven month break. And then she comes back and she brings the same look. And it's just like, obviously this is not a coincidence. Yeah. And she's claiming that it is. She's claiming that she never saw it. And Tace is like, it's right there and it's huge. How did you not see that? But she also didn't, she for sure did not have this before before the break. She didn't. She admits she didn't. So that's the big part of this of like, okay, fair enough. But if you didn't even have this before the break, you, you know that she had this outfit. So like, there's just no excuse really for me in this. But let's talk about this look compared to that. I think, um, I don't actually hate this look. I think compared to Ohora's, it's not as good. Um, if I hadn't seen a horrors, I would have actually really liked this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying too. It's like if I if we hadn't seen how good a horrors was, then this would have been like, ooh, phone's ringing. Hello, One sec. God. Hello, God. <laughs> is that a hospital phone? Where are you? <laughs> Let's just wait this out. Oh, there it is. Okay, uh, I'm in my house. Um, but no, so it sounds like you've been talking to me in a hospital waiting room this entire time. I have. It's for my shits. Um, but if we had her a plug, <laughs> if we had never seen Ohora's fashiony version of this, then we probably would have enjoyed this. But yes, I would have enjoyed this. I do like the seagull on her hair. Um, I think it's a bigger. It's a strong statement look. I like the uh, the PVC aspect of this ketchup dripping. Um, but yeah, it's just a shame because it's like I, I'm going to give this a cut because I. You know, it, she knew better. And then uh-huh. it's just not as good as I feel. So it's, I'm going to give it a cut. Yeah. I decided to cut it as well because I don't trust her. And I believe, she, I don't believe her when she says she didn't see Aurora's look before she went on break. So I cut it. Did she also say she didn't get work done? No, she admitted she got work done. All right. All right. So he's not a total liar, liar. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, after sister, sister, I will say that I'm like I'm intri- I'm more intrigued with sister this go around than I have been in the previous four episodes. Yeah, I'm definitely more intrigued, but I still don't like her. Fair enough. Here comes Joe Black, and it's a windy day at the seaside. Yes, it is because here comes uh, it's the Joker on her day off. Yeah. Um, I really hope this was Joe's original concept. It was. They and I, showed it in the first episode. Oh, they showed this wig? They showed this wig, and I was like, why are they showing me this wig? And then they wrote, because they sent her home. <laughs> okay, good. Because um, Chelsea Boy on in Holland ha- also had a windswept look. Um, and also came... A lot of windswept looks. Have there been a lot? Yeah, Sugar Cane did one. I mean, it's been done a lot. I don't remember Sugar Cane's. Yeah, the, yeah. It's been done. The windswept has been done. It's a, it's a moment that's happened. Um, but I like. I'm going to judge this separately. I actually really like this. And yeah, it is I, really good. I think it's a really clever take on their style of drag, which has got you know the elements of like that classic um, uh, drag aesthetic they use, which is this 1960s kind of vibe to it. Uh, boardwalk, 
and then she's got the tickets and she's giving me like this 1960s or actually no wait 1920s 1920s 20s 20s to 40s yeah but she's giving me like a good 40 year gap of fashion (laughs) moments that Mm -hmm. she lives in she doesn't live past the 70s let's say that right 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 right. unless it's h&m yeah I give this a nut. It is a nut on the boardwalk for me. They are flying into her face. I will say the makeup is a little bit scary and doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know why her lips would suddenly be blown off. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's where the one part of where I'm like, okay, the lips are a bit weird. Okay, right. But everything else looks great. Sure. No, I think she looks great. I give it a nut as well. Great. Two nuts for Joe. Mm. That is it. That is it. The seaside is closed, darling. And we get to have a moment with RuPaul. (laughs) Yeah, so RuPaul... uh, Okay, so first of all... This is a great episode. There's a lot happening. Yeah. It's a great episode. It is very good. Um, The UK dolls... Wait, hold on. They're all UK dolls. No, the United King dolls. They are the winners of of the challenge and they each get a repeater badge four repeater badges so laura my dog is moaning so i gotta take your first shit real soon here okay so the lawrence has three badges now Uh also the only other people who won them are Estina, who's gone and veronica who's now gone so (laughs) the only person who has any badges except now that taste bimini and ahora will have a badge too yeah um, and that was a that was an obvious pick. I was surprised that they gave them all a win. I thought they were going to choose somebody, and if they were, I was going to give it to Bimini. Yeah, I think Bimini is the one who deserved it the most. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm happy they all have one. I mean, these repeater badges are meaningless anyway, so who cares? Yeah, they mean nothing for them. You know, I, I hope they give. I hope Lawrence has so many that she topples over because she's so top heavy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Some badges>. yeah. <laughs> I want her to walk out with eight repeater badges. <laughs> A sash, just a real heavy metal sash. <laughs> All right, so they are safe. They get to go backstage, and they're talking in the untucked. They're talking a bit about the whole sister thing, uh, which I hope I hope that plays out into some more episodes. I do. Me too. Shut all over sister, please. Yeah, I wonder if she saw other looks. Wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> it would be really interesting. It's the, it's the first time this could ever have happened because you see everybody's work, you know what everybody's brought. Yeah, and then you get to go home. And kind of restart everything you started. And if your sister clearly had a budget, because she got all she got her face, she got a new face. Yeah, cool, right? Yeah, <laughs> so she's got a budget to make new looks. Um, yeah, maybe she's done a lot of other people's looks. Who's who's to say? Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Bottom four is the banana drama, and here comes the drama out of bananas. Bananas, the drama is bananas. Yeah. So the first person Rue gets pissed at is <laughs> um, is Tia because she thinks Tia is not going to a fashion place, and that her looks like this outfit she thinks it, like would be good in a bar, and that she's playing regional when she should be playing to be in the Olympics. Right. And I think a lot of people took an offense. So a lot of people have spoken out about this now. And a lot of people took offense with the regionality comments of like, this is like a local drag look, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm not bothered by so much for this for her. I think there's just an elevation that RuPaul's expecting of like, things need to be elevated a bit more. 
And yeah. uh, I get that. I'm happy she said that. Uh, and then, and specific to Tia, I think she's also just commenting on like, she. I think she sees a lot of herself in Tia. This is the very tiring moment with Tiffany. You know what I'm saying? Well, she did because she said like, if you had my team of 30 people working on me, you'd look just like me. Yeah, she's, she sees a lot of herself in Tia as this funny person of color, a drag artist, right? So she mm -hmm. really wants a lot out of Tia. So I think she's really pushing her maybe more than she's pushing other people in that way. So I, I get it. And RuPaul is that funny person too that Tia is. Like they are kind of the same kind of yeah. vibe in that. Really what she's looking for is like better tailoring. Better tailoring and then better, con like the concept was just off for this too. I mean, you can't really tailor, I don't know. It was just, a, it was a miss. It was a mess. Mm -hmm. And then they're also holding them to the standards of like, you had seven months off and you still brought this back. So I don't like that that's playing into this because I don't think that that's fair necessarily for them to bring up. I mean, it kind of is because they did have seven months off. But and... also they don't have a lot of, you know, I mean, yes, yes, yes. But there's also not, some of them didn't have any money to do anything else. True, but some of them did go back to work and Tia was one of those people. Well, she maybe doesn't know that. We can't judge unless we know. Um, yeah. All right, so that was the first anger. Well, Tia did say that she did work on a lot of her outfits, so just like this one didn't get touched. <laughs> so. Well, she thought this was a strong concept, and I see that. And like on a hanger, I'd be like, oh, it's an ice cream cone. Yeah, it's cute. <laughs> but it's just in terms of like her, if this was put on like, I don't know, somebody else, anybody else, but for her, it just she has such a figure that it just didn't fit with her figure necessarily, mm -hmm. right? Um, all right, so giving uh, next we get to Joe. Yeah, Joe. And, this is where we get that moment. And so Michelle calls out the, their their performance look is like, okay, Joe. Well, like this looked like this was you know off the rack, and she was like H and M, and then mm -hmm. that really hit a chord with RuPaul. Yeah, I don't her want off. any H and M on my fucking show. Mm-hmm. And if it is H&M, you gotta bling it out, make it something special. And this was back to, I mean, in the early seasons of Drag Race, a lot of them were wearing American apparel. I'm an American apparel queen. Listen, <laughs> mm -hmm. I still have a lot of American apparel stuff, but I do other things with it. I'm not going to wear just American apparel. Um, and there's a lot of, I mean, a lot of Toronto local girls are like, no, no, we can't wear our Axiom. <laughs> can't wear my aliexpress yeah the aliexpress i mean there's a lot of looks that are just i guess and for lack of a better term basic in terms of like they're just very accessible and basic and for mm -hmm. this show we want things that are special because it's a tv show we want to make special moments we want to have those iconic instagram posts about it you know what i'm saying yes and this i mean just joe black and that was just not giving anything but to her defense i didn't feel that way about any other looks so I didn't feel like she needed to be pulled up specifically for that. I did feel like she just looked very old compared to the rest of them. I cannot believe she's 30. I refuse to believe that. There's they no way. Your nana. I was like, this bitch is younger than I am. <laughs> like, yeah. But she reads so much older. She's just one of those old soul cavalry performers. That's what she loves. But mm -hmm. that's that's what I'm saying. Was like, I think they're realizing that Joe may not be able to be as malleable as some of the other girls because she just plays up that old modern. Yeah. Dream. Yeah. 
But I live for that moment. I love that RuPaul has, because it also just to me, it shows that she cares. Because I get a lot of like indifference from RuPaul sometimes when watching the series nowadays, where she's just kind of ambivalent about what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of the, she doesn't even remember who, who, what queens are on what season. She's just filming these. Doesn't really matter. See, that's what it comes off as. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. It, it feels like in this episode, it felt like she was like, "I actually care about this. I'm here. I waited two weeks in a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> I care about you all. Don't let me down like this." And that was nice for me to feel that from her in that weird way. Yeah. No, it is, and like it, like it gives us. Yeah, it shows us that she cares. It shows us that she's like, you know, invested in this. And she, I love when she gets angry. I loved in season seven when she got angry. Oh, I love when and the, season one, the reunion, Tammy Brown, are you kidding? That's one of the most, that's, I think, what brought the whole season to season two is that whole moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You needed that. When she, RuPaul and her passion, I, I can't get enough. That's how I am when I'm teaching kids. Like, I yell. In a really scary way because I get so frustrated with them. And so I love to see Rue like this with these girls. Oh my God. I would be so scared to yell at other people's kids. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, never scared. I'm so I'm too nice to kids that they take advantage of me because I'm so scared of parents' reaction. <laughs> Honestly, a lot of the times the parents are on my side. Yeah, I mean they probably they probably hate the kids more than you do. Mm-hmm. They have to be with them 24-7. Speaking about who hates their kids, RuPaul. So, who is in the bottom for this? It is Tia and Joe. Tia and Joe. And they are lip syncing. Another very, this is a very similar song to what Joe first lip synced, I feel. Yeah. Um, what was Joe's first one? Was it You You Bring Me Right Round, Baby Right Round? Was you it that turn one? Turn Me Right. Yeah. yeah no, wasn't yeah. it Frankie Say Relax? Frankie. Wait, which yes. one was it? Relax, Just Do This. Yes, that's what it was. Um, oh, also, I wanted to say that um, Michelle calls Joe's gloves Fagin. I did like that. Oh, the Fagin gloves. That's right. She does say that. <laughs> What'd you call him? I love a good Fagin reference, a little Oliver. Mm-hmm. Um, um, this song don't is a cover. Me this way, the Commonards. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cover of Thelma Houston. But it's that 80s. Uh, uh, grunge pop yeah. version of that, right? So um, it was kind of, again, similar to what Joe had already done. Um, it was a weird song choice for me. Uh, how did you feel about the lip sync? Um, I'm happy that Joe brought more into this one than he did into the last one. Well, I mean, um, Joe was also wearing, like, you know, all of Bed Bath & Beyond in the first one. Yeah, <laughs> true story. Um, I thought Tia started off slow, but then she really brought the energy. She pulled out some of the same moves, like of the jumping onto the knees thing. Um, but she was fun. She brought a lot of fun to it. I will say I was a little less impressed by Tia this time around. I really felt like the first one she was fighting for her life. I get this, I, I get a feeling of tiredness from Tia in this episode, to be honest. I, like- I think the opposite. I think she fought more in this one than she did in the last one. No, I disagree. I felt it the first time, but I didn't feel this time. Mm. Um, and maybe it's because she was up against Joe, who already went home, and so she maybe she thought she had this in the bag because she sent his team home with lipstick and mm-hmm. dancing, you know? Um, Listen, she did a somersault. And I think it's really weird that Joe watched her run down the runway to, into a somersault and, and threw herself her. in front of her. <laughs> what the fuck is that? I think it's so weird when queens do that. Like, does she do this when trains come too? <laughs> <laughs> 
I like that she pulled up her skirt and she had a little cherry syrup panty on underneath that cone. That was a nice little surprise. Yeah, it was cute. Um, <laughs> I will say, like, Joe, yeah, Joe's just giving me real scary Joker vibes in this lip sync. Yeah. Mostly it's the makeup, but also, well, no, it's, it's, it's the whole package. <laughs> it just kind of made me sad. It made me think we should have just brought back Estina because when Joe left, they left on such a high where, like, everyone was rooting for them. And then now we think everyone's like, okay, we're seeing now why you left. Yeah, and I feel like with the show, and unless you come back for an All-Stars, it's different because you've had time mm-hmm. to develop your persona and your brand. But I feel like on the show, anytime they bring anybody back, it does nothing to help them. Yeah. It doesn't make us like them more. It makes us like them less. It, True. It, it, it shows us why they went home the first time, and it makes sense of why they went home. I guess maybe they uh-huh. wanted to do it. But yeah. I, I never like when they bring somebody back because they always go home the next day or the next the next two episodes. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They've already made up their mind. Uh, it was just clear they were never meant to get to that point and this franchise of the season they were on. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I think Completely we agree. Joe and uh, I felt like Tia, yes, should have won this. But I, I was rooting for Joe just to like give something more anyways. And I just didn't get that, I guess. Mm-hmm. So Tia's winning. She's got two lip syncs under her belt, and there's no badges to hold that belt up yet, but who's to say? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> One day. And we bid adieu to Joe. So welcome back, everybody. We're starting this season. Oh, Joe's going again. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're back to episode one. So again. Do you remember in Survivor when they brought that the girl that was voted off first? Um, and then they brought her back for like uh, a, a fans versus favorite season. And they voted her off first again. Wait, which girl was that? I can't remember her name now. She was the bald black girl. Francesca? Francesca, that's her. <laughs> they voted her off first, and then for some reason they brought her back as a fan favorite, and then they voted her off first again. That's what I'm oh saying for this. don't remember that, but that's so funny. I, I love when those things happen. I'm like, all right. But this just wasn't meant to be Francesca. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel that with Joe. Yeah. Sorry, Joe. But you know what? She's going to do just fine. She knows who she is. That's it. That's it. We've always said that. She knows who she is. Yeah. Yeah. And she'll be fine on her own. And she has a little RuPaul in the training. Maybe she'll, maybe she'll connect that thought. Who knows? Ooh, maybe. All right. That is this week's episode. I believe that's it, right? Yeah. That's everything. It was a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It sure was. Seven months worth of episode, basically. I know. How exciting. It was for very, I'm so like intrigued by this whole thing. And I thought they did this really well. Um, I'm so I really commend them for, I mean, I thought they could have commented a bit more on the COVID thing, I guess, in this episode yeah. and outside of that, you know, this, what happened to the Queens and COVID quarantine stuff. I thought they could have commented just a little bit more in this episode, but otherwise I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> All right. Great. Thanks for listening to this episode, Squirrels. You remember to follow us on our Squirrel Talk podcast on Instagram. And uh, you can like, subscribe, rate us, all those things, uh, wherever our podcast about The Sonar Network is where you can go. And uh, mm-hmm. we will see you tomorrow for RuPaul's Drag Race 13. We are on every Mondays and Tuesdays. Bye, Squirrels. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Goodbye now.
This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!